Once I put a X-Man card of Rogue down my pants. <laughs> As like a sexy thing? Yeah. Because I wanted to do her. Previously on Watch and Talk. Keep the yeast out of the women. It would imply that there were West Wing 7-Eleven cups out there somewhere <laughs> that I know. you could obtain. I would pay like $500 for one of those on eBay. <laughs> no. That is this Jewish. is like naming your child human. Human. Do people oh, do that? I've never met a human named human. <laughs> Have you? Between his thumb and forefinger. Your thumb neck. Hi, everybody. This is uh, season two, episode three of Watch and Talk. My name's Eric. I'm Jason. I'm Elise. And I'm Brayden. You know, let's, uh, let's clear the air first. This is uh, some changes have gone down since the last time. This is the first time we recorded in the day. So that's different. Weird. Yeah. First time that at least this host has been a little hungover while we were recording. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I got to go to work after. So I am super sober right now. And obviously, there was an election since last time we recorded. And it's a bit of a bummer, depending on your views. And I think anybody listening to this show probably shares those views. But, um, you know, this, the West Wing was kind of an escapism for liberals under a terrible republican president so so too shall this show be yeah <laughs> for, the, um, for yeah. all of you guys out there everything is totally fucked now but i think that this episode is a really good one to watch right after the events it that is. we've all just suffered together yeah yeah uh, if you want to get ways, your mind off the election the perfect, we're watching an episode called the midterms the midterms <laughs> and bartlett in this is like super manic pixie dream president in like every way and you just kind of love him so it really is a feel good mac and cheese comfort food episode and I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself but there's a really great line from cj that like very poignantly kind of applies to the What's what's just happened to the world? Yeah, stop getting ahead of yourself. Okay, yeah, we, should, we have some follow-up first. It's from every listener, Allie. And remember we were hey, talking Allie. about, have we ever met humans named human last yeah, week? Yeah. Or, or two weeks ago? Uh, she sent us an email that said, I don't know any humans named human, but there is a Supreme Court case where the deceased murder victim was named Corpus. <laughs> oh <laughs> it's, my God. That's so it's Brown, Brown versus Illinois. And um, she said that Jason might know the case or not. And I that definitely remembered that. Her uh, criminal justice professor constantly brings it up. So she <laughs> at least knows uh, one case of the parents naming their human child body, <laughs> as she put it. I mean, it's just too bad that that, that corpus died before he could be the subject of a habeas corpus. Oh, <laughs> um, interesting note in that it's only interesting to me. My father was once in a band called Habeas Corpus. No way. Really? Yeah. Hey, Dad. <laughs> was it like a bunch cool. of lawyers? No. Oh. Not my... No. No, but except for your dad. There were a bunch of weirdo punks. Why Habeas Corpus? Because it sounds cool. It sounds really friggin' cool. Okay. It's pretty metal. It's like, yeah. show me the body. <laughs> you would think that. Is that what that means? What does Habeas Corpus like, mean? Like, ha- have the body. Like, hold the body. Give Who me the body. Custody Give me the body. the body. All right. So, the episode... Uh, the previously on read by Charlie and all about Charlie. It's you know it's just recapping the the shooting, the Zoe relationship, and that he was like the target of the white supremacists in the cliffhanger from the end of last season. Getting into the episode, it starts with CJ. She's on the phone with Josh, and he wants 
the press briefing to be led with a detailed explanation of the 2014 Eddie Redmayne movie, The Theory of Everything? <laughs> called The Theory of Everything. The Theory of Everything? Yes. DJ, I want you to lead with this. I'm not going to lead with this. <laughs> and it's amazing that they picked up on that. Yeah, I, I guess he was following that they was in pre-production. Yeah. So you just wanted to get it out there. <laughs> yeah, there is like a connection there, right? From Sports Night. Is it? Wasn't she on Sports Night? Eddie Redmayne? I thought so. Eddie Redmayne is Eddie a man. Redmayne. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. I'm thinking of someone who really won an Oscar. You're thinking of what's her name? The blonde actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Felicity no. Huffman. Please tell me yeah. her name has yeah, it has nothing to do with Eddie. Redmayne. No, Eddie. <laughs> there is oh, an actor named of, Eddie, right? No, you're Falco thinking of Eddie Falco. From the Sopranos. Like Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> the actress. Okay. So there, there. I didn't just have a stroke. There's like some tortured logic behind what I just thought. There's a very thin line (laughs) connecting all those things, but it is a far fetch. No, Eddie Redmayne is like a British actor who is has nothing to do with anything. He's in that new Harry Potter movie. Yeah. So they they plant the seed of a little gag. Psychics at Caltech and the Fermi National Accelerator Lab are close to announcing what physicists, theoretical physicists at Caltech. Not psychics? No. I should jot that down. Please. I'll tell you, if it was psychics, I'd lead with it. And it's also an ongoing uh, thing that Josh fucking loves science. Loves it. He's so into science. He's, he's got a couple months at low operational capacity because of the shooting, and so he's using it to study up on his theoretical physics. This is one of those scenes where CJ starts a walk towards the press room, and everybody comes up and adds a little thing she's supposed to say during the press conference. Toby's, the CPI is up, the Consumer Price Index, gives her a way to spin it. Uh, Leo has got something going on, too. Uh, then Sam comes up, and there's a guy that died that she needs to just, like, give a nice message from the president about. Basically, in this opener, we see almost every character of the show interact with CJ rapidly, and she's fed an incredible amount of information, and then is just supposed to regurgitate it all on stage a second later. And she does. And she uh, mostly does. Except she messes up the physicists and psychics thing, and then... It's unclear whether that was intentional to troll Josh. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I think she sounded... When she said it, it sounded like she was like... Oops. <laughs> and as a special treat for our friend Josh Lyman, who's recovering very nicely at GW, the president's science advisor is telling us that psychics at Caltech and the Fermi National Accelerator Lab. You know what? I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be physicists. That got a genuine laugh out loud for me when that yeah. happened, even though I knew it was coming. And they cut to Josh, and he's banging his head on the yeah. bed. But guys, the siege, really good at her job. Yeah. Yes. Except for not understanding what physicists are. Yeah. Very, very good. <laughs> she knows all the names, all the stuff. She seems incredibly competent. This seems like yeah. one of those openers where all of those things are going to be like the plot lines for the episode. And then not, they're just not. Never yeah. come up again. I love Toby. Well, the it's guy just dying quick, like, one second is, bit. right? Not does really. They don't guy... really mention it. Oh, well, no, then the, the, the candidate. Oh, is that yeah. why that happened? Yeah. It's a little. A I didn't little put that together. That's cool. There's one bit where CJ's going to talking about antiquated. Toby says, say outdated. That's just like a half a second bit. And I thought. Oh, that's so just like such a little interesting nugget. Yeah, yeah add so much. Well, this I think it's not this, a pompous word. Yeah, like what? What's the difference between antiquated and outdated? I mean, this, this opener is supposed to show the audience that like we're back to business as usual. I also thought that there's so much like mastery of 
using props that they have to do all the time like cj with her many piles of papers and toby's like and she's making little notes like like she wrote down outdated it seems like so they're walking talking a million things are going on people are saying things to her and she has all this like prop acting to do as well and yeah this is like a walk and talk and chew gum yes (laughs) uh can't do that Hmm. very impressive uh after that's the credits and then they have a big meeting in the roosevelt room it's they're going over their approval numbers they're, they're at 81 percent approval after the shooting it's a 30 point bump from where they were and they say they have a shot at taking back the house Ooh, too soon <laughs> they do say that though. there's like a lot of roomy in here also Absolutely. yeah who are all i think it's like people? the like dccc staffer like the all the like you just said c a lot of times is this just d triple c d triple c sure yeah, C-C-C's. for short. So it's a lot of C's. <laughs> the, yeah, the midterms are coming up, and what is it like twelve weeks or something like that, ish? Yeah, I mean it's got to be. Yeah, because we go to nine weeks, we go to yeah. four weeks later, right? And Ed and Larry give a big rundown. They they pop in to say the status of all the races that they're able to contest and where they're going to put some money. It's a it's a lot of like made up congressional map jargon indiana 6th california 4th and 14th michigan 12th michigan 12th texas 12th florida 4 5 and 9 president has a thing about some word that he's like just learned anybody know what the word acalculia means it's an inability to perform arithmetic functions i'm sorry mr president you wanted to answer your own question didn't you yeah but i'll get over it good for you sir that's very mature shut up some dumbass word that people shouldn't use which uh, another thing that seemed like it was something that would come up in the episode (laughs) it's not actually (laughs) They, they, they get one callback later. Margaret's just, calling. Well, yeah, the next scene yeah. is Margaret and the, uh, Margaret and Charlie outside in the outer office, and she's just talking about that. She's just spouting facts. Apparently, there's a specialized circuit in the brain for numbers. You know where it is? I'm sorry. It's in the left parietal lobe. Thank you. I wrote here. Margaret sounds like she's been talking to the press. Yeah, because that's how the president is. He just talks. He just sits out facts. And Margaret remembers things. So this sounds like one of those word of the day calendar words. Uh, yeah. Do you remember when people would have like a calendar, and there'd be like a <laughs> like a like a calendar with a theme, a desk calendar? Yeah, I like a crossword desk calendar. What? Oh, that's serious. That's is thing. that like a new crossword every day? Yeah, that's the time commitment. Seems oh, it's like a small one though. Oh. It's like a twelve by twelve or something. Nothing huge. Wow. Every year when I was in school, I used to buy one of those agendas. Yeah. And then I wouldn't use it. Oh, like a desk, like the big one for the for the bag. I yeah, had yeah a, yeah, a I, little ca- a b- bag I calendar. I, I never used, used it. it. Well, I never did homework, so no, I, I never really did it. One of those. But I would always get it. Now I just buy every calendar app that comes out and don't bother. Yeah. To use it. Well, I used <laughs> like all oh, the animations in this one are nice. I used right. agendas up until like like after college i stopped using them basically but i actually like i think i remember things a lot better when i was writing them down and now that i use a calendar i'm like constantly forgetting what the date is you'd be pretty amazed how many lawyers swear by paper calendars yeah well because i used to write a lot of notes like about what i had to do every single day in my calendar and i don't well like the act of writing makes you remember stuff right right so so does typing usually i also well i don't want to like write that down in my eye calendar so (laughs) it's just too much margaret tells charlie he needs to go talk to andrew mcintosh about some computer issues and then she says like Like the apple apple Instead of saying like, like the, the computer, computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a com- I like don't know. they're just completely ignoring dollar. the correlation yeah. here. Right, no buzz marketing. And then Zoe comes in and she is like, "Why aren't you answering my calls, Boo?" And 
they argue a little bit. It's kind of, it gets really awkward when he's like trying to explain why he didn't call her back. I didn't get home till late. Where were you? I was here. Called here too. I'm not lying to you, Zoe. Yeah, stop being so clingy. Right. Uh, so there, Zoe. things aren't great with Charzo. Char seems pretty okay. No, does he? He no. does not seem okay. He doesn't. Okay, no. I take it back. We'll He's talk pretty about spaced that. out. We may have misread that, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> he okay. says, "Damn to the president later." He does. I know. Yeah. He's not okay. Wow. It's coming out slowly. Wow. And then they cut back to the meeting in the Roosevelt Room. There's an argument about whether they can use the shooting politically, and Toby is all about it. The entire country was the victim of domestic terrorism. Why not? Use the soft numbers before they disappear and go after the guns and go after the hate groups. It doesn't look good. Looks good to me. And all the stuff they've kind of been pushing as an administration for a while. And then CJ says it like won't it'll look bad. It's a you can't play politics with a attempt on your life. Which, you know, she did that last time though. <laughs> so, yeah. But that was a she didn't tie it explicitly to policy, I guess. So we're we're into the second season and they're still playing like who's who's the liberal and who's the moderate roulette right? with all of their characters. Oh, so I want to uh, take this time here to set up my little analysis of this episode in which a lot of the executive branch is angling for a little government overreach. Toby wants to go for the guns. We Start, start here. We'll get okay. back to it later. And the next scene is Leo and the president. The president has a bee in his bonnet that his old political rival in New Hampshire, who he ran for his first... Second example of government overreach. He ran for his first uh, house seat against this guy, Elliot Rausch, which is, I, I guess, wins the Name of the Week award because it's the only new name. Uh, it's a pretty Other good one. Other than Andrew McIntosh. Oh, that's pretty good, too. I wow. think Elliot Rausch is a more Sorkin-y name, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, Andrew McIntosh is a complete cop-out. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> the name of the thing they're using. I think they're using PCs. No, there's a ton of... Really? Mac- Do you see the little upside-down apples on all their... Toby's laptops old and 90s computers. Right. So I have a question about this old rivalry. How did they run? They ran against each other for the house, and this guy's now running for the school board. Yeah, he's Doesn't a that nobody. Seem like a step down. Well, he lost the he house. Lost. Yeah, he's he's like a total loser. But that's like a the, big and this is like step this down. is like thirty years later too. Yeah, like you think. Yeah, well, he, he didn't have... go anywhere. He lost. Nothing happened, and I think that's sort of what this ongoing plot point is about is the president here is obsessed with targeting his 30 old year old rival i want some polling numbers on that race it doesn't even it's it doesn't become clear that this guy really did anything bad i mean maybe he did but we don't get into the details you it's know just, the type though yeah from the way the president the talks about guy. him he said something about the spanish inquisition right maybe. sounds like a tea party guy yeah yeah the next scene is in the lobby sam meets this photogenic young couple chit chats him a little he calls the guy a cuck with the baby on the way is it his <laughs> yeah the first thing he does <laughs> he takes him around the white house they show off sam's lack of knowledge about the white house again this is kind of like a callback to the first <laughs> episode of, second yeah, episode like bricks second okay. episode is first it- First episode with yeah. Mallory. Yeah. With yeah. the Roosevelt Room? Right. Uh, and then... Uh, yeah, it's called the Roosevelt Room. Yeah, and he does the same thing with the mural room here. He asked the guy... He says he should run for Congress because he's a DA with, you know, good record and... Why, why don't you run for Congress? Wife. And as there's an opening now because this guy died. Yeah. 
that's yeah i didn't catch that at all i've seen that episode like 20 times yeah every time god uh, closes a door well so then it's revealed that sam already knew all this stuff about them he creeps them out a little bit sarah there's very little information about your husband that i don't have until your mom happy birthday for me yeah they were expecting a child and then that kind of made me think like sam is such an excellent liar he's such a maybe he's like a little bit of a sociopath oh yeah he's good yeah it was like too (laughs) good he's real good yeah uh, he tells the guy he has five minutes to decide. By the way, he mentions that the big selling point is they couldn't say he's soft on crime. Right. I think that's really like Again. sort of the, the sin that then comes back to haunt them. His yeah, pitch. Yeah. True. Crime's a big issue. His buddy was a prosecutor. Yeah. Sterling record. It's also yeah. weird. Or not. Having a baby. That Sam is like saying his CV like at him in like a very, I think is an aggressive way. He's just like, like, he knows what he's done in his life. Well, he's trying to frame it as like, you know, these are the, these this are your... is the story we're going to tell about you. Mm. It's going to look like, doesn't this make a compelling package when you like take it all in like this? Yeah. After that, there's a CJ and Toby scene. Um, they argue about the little flare up they had in the meeting about whether they should go after these white supremacist groups. Toby gets a little angry here. He's like, and then CJ defends herself in a very capable way. You're pissed at me? Saying I could have used your support in there. You get my support the same way I get yours when I agree with what you're saying or when I don't care about what you're saying. This time I disagree. Pretty decent scene. Then she mentions this thing about how people want to write stories about the staff post shooting just to see how they're dealing with it. And they Toby shoots it down as like we're not the story. So let's put that off till later or never. She yeah, she she keeps on bringing this up. Right. And it's I Which think it's is, just it's, so that it's scene important. later. Right. I mean, I think CJ would know that this is a bad idea. I mean, it's evident to the viewer that everyone here, what this episode is about is the aftermath of the shooting and everyone's still like reeling from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I mean, they have PTSD, essentially, is what it seems like. Shell shock, as they used to say. Uh, and then Toby says <laughs> that he wants to go after um, these hate groups using the power of the FBI to investigate them. And everybody he talks to about it says it's a bad idea. CJ in this scene, and then they jump forward a few weeks, it seems like. I don't know exactly, but it says nine weeks before Election Day. And then Toby has the same conversation with Sam, who also says it's a bad idea. Although, I the way he describes it, he's like, this is just like going after like the neo-Nazis. It's just like going after the NAACP. And I don't understand the logic behind that, I guess. Yeah, it seemed like he was citing a case, uh, a, a past uh, court case or well, something. He, no, he was just saying that like during Jim Crow, southern states would try to force members of pro-African-American rights groups to register so that they could ostracize the members right okay so we're, we're talking we're talking about government overreach and the federal government this is, that's probably state government but or or the government's power right and using it against well toby, toby wants to do it at a federal level now right and I, I think he's saying there were cases that said that no government federal or state could force people to force private organizations to register because it was a violation of the first amendment freedom of association if everybody in a group kind of organizes to do an assassination attempt on the president that well, seems like you like lose a little bit of the high ground of saying, like, oh, need, how could we go after our political enemies? You would need probable cause, right? It would have to be sort of a police action Isn't as opposed to just a preemptive probable thing. probable cause? Unless they can tie it to that specific group. It could have just been those three guys that just well, happened. Like, yeah. they could have all been a member of a social group or something. And connect the shooting to 
all nationalists. Yeah, there, there are problems with that, right? But what bothers me, and we're going to get to like the restraint that they end up showing, and the restraint that I think accurately Democrats tend to preemptively exercise, Pussies. is make it a problem, Betas. right? Let the other side have to raise a first a First Amendment defense, right? So now suddenly you put the Republicans, who tend to be anti-First Amendment on a lot of issues, in a position where they have to be prominently in favor of First Amendment rights, get them on the record about that, and then broker a deal where you're like, okay, we agree, First Amendment's important, but as a concession, let's, you know, do this or have a minor, you know, advancement in gun control, whatever. Like, use, you have to negotiate. Like, the Democrats are always, like, preemptively, before I'm even going to do anything that's in any way controversial. Can we just not talk about Democrats I'm just anymore, not please? Do it. <laughs> I can't handle this right now. <laughs> but wouldn't that have been better? Let them start the ball rolling on rounding up all the white supremacists. Look, the president-elect wants to round up all theater goers. <laughs> has, he, has he announced that yet? He's on Twitter. He's talking about it. Does he have a theater czar? He's talking. <laughs> Minister of Culture? Donna pops in this scene, too. Um, she's going to see Josh and take him his lunch. This is pretty seamless <laughs> when you could get somebody <laughs> to bring your lunch for you. Toby can't come, even though he wants to. He wants to have Josh help him frame the go after the hate groups argument for him and donna donna Don uses yiddish yeah incorrectly he's recovering from an attempted murder he's supposed to be resting and i don't want people going over there getting him fatushed fatush don't bring the yiddish unless you know what you're doing yeah i don't even know what she was trying to say she says fatushed yeah it, that's not even and close. she thinks spatula should be a yiddish word spatula and, yeah. and, and then spatula? Says, don't bring the yiddish unless you know what you're doing just yeah. it's got the ch Come on, Donna. You're so white. I wrote down yeah. the word, the real one that she tried to use. It's fartust? Fatushed. Fatushed. What did she try to say? Farfetched? That was the other word she said this should be. <laughs> I don't know what she was trying to say. That's a Pokemon, Donna. <laughs> Do you know what word she was even trying to? Yeah, it was this one. It's, it's fart O-O-S-T. <laughs> Fartouche. Fartouche? I don't even I don't know, know that what one. This, definitely not Yiddish. I'm it up. No. I wrote it down by My grandma ain't never said that. No. Some Yiddish word. Oh. <laughs> Hebrewforchristians.com. <laughs> <laughs> With a number four. Is that a real that, do you have that bookmark, Derek? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I don't know if I trust this. That's my homepage. It means bewildered, disoriented, discombobulated, or seriously confused. Wait, but so it is Yiddish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she but she was misusing she, it. She mispronounced it. But what's the, I don't, for, what would be the real pronunciation? Toby says it. Hey, yesterday at work, <laughs> I called Jared Kushner's Trump's right-hand mensch. That's another, oh, that's nice. another word. He's, a, that's pretty good. he's Jewish. Yeah. <clears throat> and there was uh, one little background thing. I noticed a lot of little background things in this episode. This There's is the a first million one. little background things. Josh's desk is, they go in there because Donna picks up something off the desk, is covered in gifts. Like little tiny things, like bubbles. I didn't notice that. Like, like like wrapped gifts. Oh, like people because nice he chashies. was shot. Yeah, yeah. And people are just like leaving him presents and stuff. Like it's like a little altar <laughs> memorial or something. But I thought that shrine. was like they could have very easily just had that be an empty desk. But they were like, oh, let's sneak in this like tiny little thing to like show the effects that this had on the rest of the staff. Yeah. I'm surprised cool. Donna's not bringing him some of his gifts. Yeah. Some of those could be perishable. Yeah, it could be living things inside of them. Well, I was thinking more like food baskets. That's true. But I like that idea more that people are giving him like... Small creatures. Yeah. Like goldfish. Just leave this here on the desk. 
That'll be fine. There's a scene after that with Zoe and Leo. And um, this is another background thing. Leo's desktop is a picture of an airplane. <laughs> he just, I think it's one of the one he flew in the war or something like that. Oh, this is also another fun fact. On my desk at work, we're not supposed to put anything up on the thing there, says the lady. Sorry, Marielle. But I did it anyway. I what finally put- did it. I put a photo of this really nice white lady, and she's holding a monkey, and the monkey's wearing a, a, a princess dress, and the monkey's smiling so wide. <laughs> it's really sweet, guys. You should come visit me at work. <laughs> Leo says that the president is in the residence, and he's making campaign calls. He's making them from the residence. Why? Your father has a very strict interpretation of something called the Pendleton Act, which prohibits campaign donations to be solicited on government property. Which is also known as the Civil Service Reform Act. It doesn't seem like a lot of these things actually like happen anymore. Like the Pendleton Act says that federal jobs are supposed to be given out based off like exam scores, and there's supposed to be like a test for each job. I don't know how many of these they actually there's yeah, a, do this is a service test right? well, these are like yeah they they have anti-nepotism things like that and, I, and but there seems to be like you can the executive has some discretion to reclassify certain jobs to not fall under this and that's been happening more and more i think so yeah. they can pick more um but uh it's uh, been around since 1883 and then there's a weird like 80 yard line in this as they're walking out leo these last few weeks do you feel like charlie's nope and leo's like nope <laughs> and then, but it's they do this twice in this episode where like zoe like starts to say something about charlie and it like trails off in the background it's the end of the next scene too so like they go up to the residence and we go up there first and the president and cj are talking he's still really obsessed with this elliot roush guy he had some white house polling done he's at 46 percent, so he's in right in the mix i think his uh explanation of why he's so against this guy is pretty spot on and you don't take these people seriously because they don't get anywhere nationally but they don't have to all they have to do is bit by little bit get themselves on the boards of education and city councils because that's where all the governing that really matters to anybody really happens where all the decisions are made and we have to stop this here so i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing <laughs> But the president sticking his head in that probably is slightly inappropriate. He's obsessed. Yeah. yeah. It and seems then, petty if he were to like get involved, right? Right. Unseemly, mm-hmm. even. It's not done. But the Democrats do have a problem of ignoring those type of seats. True. Well, but this, this is like a tail wagging the dog thing, right? Like, a guy like Roush leading in any election is an indicator that the electorate in that area is different than what you thought they were. So the real problem isn't switching out Roush. It's how, why are you losing people in your hometown? Yeah. Why are you losing people? That's what's really bothering him. It's like, why are the people in my hometown where I raised my kids shifting to the right? Why did you ignore them? Maybe. (laughs) How many field offices is Jed Bartlett set up? Right. For this. (laughs) Yeah, and then I think CJ in the scene also mentions the stories that people want to write, again, just to reiterate that. Yeah, this is basically where CJ makes it clear that this episode is about our psychological aftermath from the shooting. She actually says that exact phrase, I think. More or less, yeah. Yeah, and then at the end of the scene, like, Leo and CJ walk out and are talking, and then, like, you hear in the background Zoe say, What do you want? Dad, Hey, about Charlie. And then it just trails <laughs> off. Charlie seemed fine. I don't know what you guys are talking about. He's He was ignoring his uh, his lady on the phone. Wow, someone's being clingy now. 
You just don't understand Charlie. Like we understand Charlie. Clearly he's not himself. <laughs> he needs a, a little friend to, to make himself feel better. Aww, yeah. And so the next scene is Sam and Toby. Um, it's, a, it's the same scene again about Toby wanting to go after these groups. This is where they really talk about the NAACP comparison. Um, but we already got, got into that. This is, this is the third time this scene happens in this episode. <laughs> I think we've got another one coming up yeah there's more this is three so far hi toby Uh, get it together and then cj and sam break off i think that was a walk and talk and then toby splits off and cj comes up talks to sam she's like hey your friend that we told you to make run for congress yeah he's a racist (laughs) so (laughs) get into that he has a tendency to pick white juries for his black defendants yeah he's got a voir dire problem that's a legal thing so th- close enough. <laughs> this I I can't stand this term of art. Like I don't know why people can use it. Voidir, is how people in New I York think tend I said to pronounce it, right. it. Is that not right? But a lot of people in different parts of the country say like voidir. Well, which, I like which, that one. Wait, which one's right? It's just how you want to pronounce <laughs> it's it. Latin. If if my Latin teacher's preferences are correct, it would be uh, voidir. But no Ooh, one says that. That sounds fancy. Yeah. Right? Whatever. So, I say bruschetta because that's how it's pronounced, okay? I don't care if you Barcelona. say bruschetta. That's you fine. You mozzarella. Mozzarella. And I do the hand. I'm yeah, doing the hand thing. Yeah. And ricotta. You have to but say everything else like in a normal A bukkake. What do you? Actually, yeah, you know, I, don't even, I don't even know if it's Latin. No, Maybe it is. French? It's Latin. Voix? It's Latin. But it's voix. All those legal words are Look, Latin, I'm right? Look, I'm not Wait, it's French. There's... It's V-O-I-R. But can't that I don't be know what that means. Voyeur, voyeur. Yeah, but you don't, usually there's no silent R's like that with those vowels when it's Latin. I think it's French. It's not. Can we? And okay, I have no basis for this. Etymology.com. When you when you're picking a jury, you it is a very cynical process, and you are trying to win. It's your job when you're a prosecutor to win. You're supposed to pick all the whites. Right? And if you think statistically there's a better chance of getting a conviction against someone you think you have the goods on, why would you not but use the, whatever advantage? Ooh, but this is French. Sorry. Wow. That's not true. This is exactly like how... <laughs> the Latin when, uh, is verum dicere. Exactly yeah. what I said. Latin. Um, <clears throat> this is like when people go yeah. after lawyers for representing criminals. Right. It's like, well, yeah, that's your fucking right. job. You, you and elect, it's, in, you it's the deal. That's your, the deal. Your That's America. District attorneys baby. to hire prosecutors who USA. are going to get convictions. And if he uses race, which is a real thing apparently, social construct as an advantage in the same way that you kick people off of juries who are smart. I've never have, been in a jury or who demonstrate that they're independent I have thinkers. never ever right. been chosen for jury. I skipped, I didn't go. What? I just didn't go. Did you get arrested? <laughs> no, I just didn't go. You just didn't go. I just didn't go. Did you postpone? But no, I told work that I was going, so I took the day off. Did you get paid? Smart. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and then after everyone's like, so tell us. And I was like, uh, it was, you know, law. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever <laughs> talked to someone who actually just didn't go. I just totally and when was skipped this? out on my civic duty. Was uh, there any consequences? Uh, not yet. I- I'm going <laughs> to tell you guys. You can, feds. I'm going to tell you guys a trick. This is a reward for One weird to trick. Podcast, just so. don't go. No, no, no. Okay. I, there may be a consequence for that. I'm not really sure. But what you do is, in New York at least, and probably in a lot of other places, you get one adjournment for your jury duty. You can pick whatever date you want, and they'll schedule it for that date. What you do is you pick as close to wait, Christmas as wait, you possibly wait. can. Wait, 
don't tell people this. No, no, no. There's, there's not. A, it's not going to be a problem. It's not going to be a problem. Okay. Don't tell anyone else, guys. But yeah, keep this just between us. This is a, a one degree. Because everybody's trying to... No, why is it work? No one convenes juries that are going to extend to Christmas. Because er- people just refuse to do this it. This is like, that it just inside shit. Don't go sharing it. So I did that. This is a hot tip I got from some more seasoned attorneys. Adjourned it to like the 23rd. Showed up. They told everyone to go home at like 10, 30, 11 a.m. And that's it. I'm done for eight years. Damn. After that, I'll give you a hot tip. Yeah, I'll don't, take it. Don't go. <laughs> or don't go. I, I wasted two hours of my life. Wow, sucker. Yeah, yeah. The next scene is the president and Charlie. They're in the Oval Office behind the desk. And Charlie says, you got some more campaign calls. The president says, I can't do them here because of the Pendleton Act. And Charlie here uses the D word. Yeah. Those are campaign calls. Mr. President, why don't you stay in the office and make the damn... He uses a swear at the president. A swear is damn. I guess damn is a swear. <laughs> it is a swear. Yeah, he should have said dang gummit. And this is where it's obvious that Charlie's not having the best time because he looks really shaken here. And well, the president yelled short. at him. That's shaky. Yeah, I would shake. I mean, he yelled at the president first, though. Mm-hmm. Because, because, well, he but, said, but, "Darn it!" Behind he said, the dang desk, gummit. But but Leo. Uh, I know he didn't say this to the president. He said the president is a sick, sick man I mean, for doing this. Joking. He was joking, sure, but he also thought this is crazy. I think there's why like, does he do this? A, like geographic rings of like where you, how rude you can be to the president, sure. and yes. so it's like in the building. You know, don't don't go too far. Definitely in the Oval Office, but if you're both standing behind the desk, like show some mm. respect, buddy. I will say, like, this was a bit distracting from the underlying issue, which is, it's, okay, we we started the whole Bartlett, let Bartlett be Bartlett thing with the FEC reform, which was specifically supposed to be campaign finance reform. Now here we are, like, five episodes, six episodes later, and they're, they're kind of being pretty dismissive about the fact that the president has to raise money and that even though it makes no real difference whether he calls on the phone in the East Wing or the West Wing, that he, this is like the small gesture that he's going to do in order to, yeah, the president be able to sleep at night. Because however an empty gesture it may seem, I would like to take some executive notice of the notion that it's probably not a good idea for the most powerful and influential person in the world to be calling up the people whose laws he signs and asking them for money. But he's doing but he it. Is, exactly. But, but no, he's doing is, it. He's doing yeah. it and he's not doing anything to stop it. He's doing it and the whole FEC thing room. is gone. I mean, it's Well, I think we need to just get used to that concept. Yeah. Yes. I think yes. he's just, right now, he's working within the Sorry, system guys. that exists, and he has to do it. But I just want to point out... he's trying to do it with some dignity. I just want to point out, this show started to talk about the most important issue in our democracy, which is campaign finance reform and the blatant bribery and corruption in our political system, and then invented a fake assassination attempt into the plot line to distract from that. But this yeah. is why I think well, this you know is why? one of the NBC best episodes. Well, you know why? Because NBC was like, we're lobbying like, for stuff. Stop doing it's this. Po- it's very possible. It's very yeah. possible. I mean, that's a. it's very difficult for any mainstream media to talk about the fact that campaign finance reform is a huge problem. And I guess I appreciate that they're still writing it into the show in some level. And you can kind of see that there probably were writers who were like, hey, but I thought we were talking about this. And they tried to get a couple scenes in, but... It's a bummer. It's a bummer that, like, I just wish this show had really continued Somebody probably was like, you need to not push the boundaries with this. It's also, like, a little boring as a 
Well, I but guess. you're probably right. <laughs> it, That's it's probably a real true. bummer, but I think this show is doing a good job at showing like the practical impossibility of yeah. making this happen. And this, yeah. like, this, yeah, it's like, a bummer. Shows and the frustration this show shows how too. much of a bummer it is. Like, yeah. they got excited about this really important issue, and now it's down to this like symbolic gesture. He'll go into another room. You know, fine. I will say that that it, although I think you're right that in a writer's room you're like this is going to be boring, right? And they're like, yeah, probably. This has been such a not boring issue in real politics, where everything about Citizens United and the the race to raise money in presidential elections, that's oftentimes like the dominant story during elections. So it's, it, it seems to be interesting enough to people. And then in polls on what issues are important, you know, corruption is the number one issue. And I that's, think this is that's more what, recent, though. That is, no, I know. I'm saying back in the 90s, perhaps th- that yeah. wasn't born out yet. But nowadays, that corruption storyline is huge. Okay, we're going to remake the West Wing. Yeah. And we're going to address the issue properly now that people get The Midwest Wing. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. The Westworld Wing. The yeah. Westworld Wing. Yeah. And then there's one throwaway line at the end, just to set up a thing later, where he says, Some talk radio hosts are coming in three weeks. And I don't think Charlie's ever heard that phrase before. A reception for talk radio hosts, I guess they're called. Talk radio. He's like, There's a meeting of uh what talk radio uh yeah they're called they're called talk radio people <laughs> charlie seems really confused about like what this concept is so this but, was like podcasts yeah it's like yeah poor people would listen to podcasts in their cars with uh, ad, with more ads mm-hmm. more ads yeah mm-hmm. yeah mailchimp no, <laughs> mailchimp <laughs> and uh, the next scene is charlie walks into the roosevelt room and there's this adorable little boy there Jeffrey Jeffrey Macintosh, like the Apple, like the computer, and Jeffrey Macintosh is the cutest name. He's a cute little ever. Apple. He's so cute. He's so tiny. And um, his dad is doing IT in the building. Um, it kind seemed, of a dick. I disagree. He's rude to the kid. He's I... mean to the kid, and then later he's like, "Yeah, you almost got the president killed." My name's Charlie Young, by the way. You don't think I know who you are? Man, who almost got the president killed? Right. Like that's terrible. Like, hey, yeah, and you know that terrible okay. thing? That was your fault, buddy. Yeah. But, he's just on. Macintoshing. One, his, like, he's... Oh, then then he's, like, when he's talking to his, about his mom later, he's like, oh, my mom was a cop. And she's like, oh, she's dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, he's really perceptive. He can tell. Yeah. yeah. I know. He, it, the thing is, is that no one's going to, like, talk to Charlie and be straight with him about this. Yeah. Everyone's either tiptoeing around the issue or completely ignoring it. And everyone knows, like, everyone knows about it and that this was, like, a race-fueled thing. And this guy's the only one who's going to talk straight to Charlie about mm-hmm. it and just, like, get it all out in the open. And he needs that right now. Yeah. It's that tough love. Okay, I buy it. <laughs> Strongly I'm going to tell you guys what I'm sure Aaron Sorkin told the writer's room, which is, Black characters know how to keep it real. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe too real? Just saying. There's no such thing. Sometimes keeping it real goes wrong. I think it was just real enough. Okay. The next scene is Sam and Leo are on a phone call with Josh, and the they tell Sam that your your dude was in an all-white fraternity and coupled with the jury selection thing, it's going to be a problem because if you get called a racist, you cannot win an election. Right. Clear. That's true. Are there all white fraternities like overtly or are they just like select? By, de- by default. Well, like, yeah. That's why they need all black fraternities. <laughs> well, I mean, AE Pi. 
What is? I don't well, know what that is. I don't know anything about Greek life. It's the Jew fraternity. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because all the oh, white and, uh, fraternities didn't let the Jews in. <laughs> Bastards. So like everyone had to make other fraternities because the white Christian fraternities wouldn't let anyone else in. That was you're asking us. You're asking the wrong people about fraternities. I was not in a fraternity. Okay, but you guys went to a school where Greek life was very prominent. I rushed. You did? No, I mean I went very quickly. No, I, dr- I, I, drank, I drank a lot of Rush. Yeah. I just went crazy for 70s rock Rush. music. Uh-huh. Wait, I, is Rush a drink? Surge. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of Surge. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have never heard of Rush, but I'm, I'm buying like, into this it. Is like a, the point a is, thing, you I believe know, it exists. Never yeah. did the fraternity. Yeah. My school only had two, like, had two fraternities and one sorority, and that was it. Did you guys ever go to fraternity parties? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. went to one of them, yeah. and they were, like, bowling people. <laughs> this is what, what happens. Like, a bunch of people, this like, is like in Wolf of were, Wall like, sta- it was, like, in the basement of one of these, like, they had these nice buildings on campus that they all get to live in. It was, like, in the basement, and they were, like, stand, like, a bunch of, like, six people would, like, stand in, like, a triangle, and then they would, like, skid somebody across the room on like a slick surface into the y'all other boys crazy it was weird and i was like damn no, y'all white's so crazy for me wow uh, later i went to one that was like around the world of drinking and like each of their rooms was set i up think as you were just epcot, yeah, that's, yeah. it was like yeah. Epcot, yeah. no this was like epcot and i remember going I into the german party. room expecting some good beer and all they had was goldschlager <laughs> but I had a couple shots of gold. Did anyway. you poop gold? I didn't. Check. It was the German room. Trick question. Mistake. No, you should have. So they're cutting uh, Sam's friend off from any funding or support from the president. I think the president was maybe going to go campaign with him or something. Ugh! It just it's, this feels so bad. Yeah, they made so- this guy run. They totally ignore him uh, based on. I don't know if it was polls or just this. They thought that this controversy would get them in trouble. Well, nationally. they said he's he's polling down seven. So now that there's this new thing, it's just a lost cause at this point. It's only three weeks. He's not going to make up seven points in three weeks. That so money can be spent weeks elsewhere. Did he run for? It, I think it was only like four months. And like, did he quit his job or something to he do mu- this? Uh, yeah, I guess you. I think if you're a have a public office like that well it's just it just it put him in a situation where because he was in the spotlight people like skewered him mm-hmm. so now his career is over like he can go back to being a prosecutor yeah he's probably got to go into like a private had he stayed law. a prosecutor no one would have noticed this and no one would have cared they would have he probably would have kept winning because he Sam was winning cases get him a right. job at gage whitney and hook him up yeah no. done with it. you don't think a duke graduate could go to gage whitney no but the whole Sam point is him. now now he's been publicly shamed yeah, but Gage Whitney does even But, like, things, rando so. law firms and stuff don't care about that, do they? They did that big uh, case. I mean, let me put it this way. You being a prosecutor in some small town has no bearing on, like, big corporate law. It's not like it's translatable for him. Oh, you, it's not he, really, can't, he can't cut it in the big city. He would just have to kind Apple. of start from scratch, which he, maybe he will, but that's the whole point. It's like, he had this great career. And but his wife ain't going to be happy about that. And that no. baby ain't going to be happy about that. That no. baby going to be pissed as heck. <laughs> that baby was going to go to Ivy League, and now it's going to have to settle for a state, state school. State school, man. Or trade school. Or clown college. <laughs> <laughs> Trump University. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so Sam feels yeah, bad. He he, uh, he leaves the room, and then Josh shows that his science studies have graduated string theory now. Hey, Leo, you know, there's uh, something called the super string theory. 
which at its most basic level says that the universe consists of these tiny loops of string that vibrate at different frequencies. <laughs> I like the idea that Josh like leaves for three or four months and but, then comes back with like a PhD in But also this these are He's different just things. Hitting up that Vicodin. But this that that I was hoping for them to admit that this yeah. is why he cares about all this crap now. Yeah. But the thing is, like, the unified theory is just trying to... It's trying to make string theory, string theory it's, work It's trying with, to unify quantum right. mechanics. Big things with, and little things. Right. When and string Tony theory physics? is the best shot that we have so far at making progress on that. So it's like, he read one book, and this is, like, all he's talking about now. And then mm-hmm. he's like, how do I know that when you see red, it's the same red that I see? <laughs> he's like, why do we call them fingers? <laughs> do they thing? <laughs> The next scene is Toby and CJ. This is like getting late in the night. Toby's TV has Leo's airplane on the screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> really oddly for some reason. He's a I big don't... fan. Yeah. He's honoring Leo's service. Um, Toby's pretty snippy about giving CJ a speech that he promised her earlier in the day. And he's like, I'm going to finish it soon. Blah, blah, blah. They... They argue a little bit. Pieces everyone wants to do on the psychological aftermath of the shooting for the White House staff. They've had me thinking, do you think there might be a psychological aftermath and we're not paying attention to it? I think my problem is psychological. I think you're director of communications and you've been ignoring operational responsibilities. That's crap. And some yelling ensues. That's crap. So you can behave like the director of the FBI. Well, I'm waiting for the director of the FBI to behave that way. Toby. I'm waiting for the Justice Department to behave that way. I'm waiting for Congress to behave that way. I'm waiting for the White House to behave that way. Quite a bit of yelling. Uh, Good, nicely acted scene here. I believe this is when a top White House Jew says he wants to arrest all with white sheets. Yep. Yep. And, yeah, so Toby's really on about this uh, hate groups thing that he... You know, it's all he talks about this entire episode. And then um, Charlie pulls CJ away to go talk to the president. Um, that's the end of that scene. And Charlie overheard the whole thing, right? Yeah. He's very good at that, though. Overhearing things? Well, he's, like, compartmentalizing it. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize he was in there. He was, like, behind, like, right outside the office mm. waiting. To yeah, get... he was, like, waiting for a break in the conversation. Yeah. Um. So it's CJ and the president after that. It's up in the residence, his bedroom. The president's still on about this school board business. He wants to get some national press covering the race and says that he'll comment on the record if anybody in the press room wants to write it. Is this a scene in which the president enjoys an egg cream? Oh, no, Not that's yet. the next okay, scene. Okay, sorry. CJ says the president can't do it because it's personal and irresponsible. <laughs> also, let's get, let's get used to that. <laughs> then he makes a joke where he says he doesn't care about winning back the house the democrats in congress will think you've abandoned them that you don't care about winning back the house i don't care about winning back the house. mr i don't care about winning back the house do you think he actually does no i don't think that was a joke i think he cares about stopping elliot roush right and he does not care that much he should probably care about that he probably should especially if he wants to pass any campaign finance reform legislation right. <laughs> Fine, needs the house um and then at the end of the scene uh he sounds like he's kind of like coming around to accepting it known men of faith in my life towering men men of wisdom and compassion men of all faiths of healing and peace pro-choice pro-life republican democrat men and women of god elliot roush there's this like pregnant pause you think he's gonna say like i accept okay whatever you know what's next is polling at 53%. He's polling at 53%. He's the front runner. It's really great. I thought that was just a good uh, turnaround from expectations there. 
And then we get another title card. It's election day. It's raining. So bad moods abound. And uh, Sam comes into the communications bullpen thing. It's humming with activity. Um, I did notice there's a picture of Ted Kennedy on the wall there. So nice. Real real life person that made into the West Wing. And um, Sam's buddy that's running for Congress and his wife are in his office like in the dark wife though yeah mostly the wife he's only getting 42 percent in the results that are coming in um yeah his wife does all the talking here um she's very mad about the white house abandoning them it reminded me um there is a a famous thing of a politician who had to have his wife give a speech it's gerald ford when he we gave his concession speech Uh losing uh, carter gave it his wife gave the concession speech and he's like to her side wow. like tearing up oh <laughs> i've like, never heard of that before yeah it's a weird video <laughs> i'll put a link in the the notes and then we go to the talk radio party that was teased earlier wait isn't the president enjoying an egg cream? Not yet. Damn oh my it. god <laughs> it's coming it's a great scene it really seems like a terrible night for a bunch of like media personalities because you know election night is kind of a big news night so maybe don't hold a reception for them on a night when they're all gonna have to work yeah, it's weird. But the nice thing is is that, you know, this is a stressful time and there's just a huge room of people with the softest voices. Mm-hmm. It's just like everyone has radio voices. It's but lovely. also they all seem like the most terrible people. Yeah, CJ gets yeah. pinned down by a couple dorks. You're thinking of Slam 100 serving the Great Lakes region, the number one station with the number one sound. But then it was classic rock, or at least what our program director thought was classic rock, Fleetwood Mac and whatnot. Then they switched over to news and information back in 82. 82, 83. Yeah, we started with drive time, then went to the four-hour format. Yeah, it's Dave in the morning. Yeah, I don't understand because, like, they're portraying all these radio people as huge nerds. But yeah, it's like kind like, of freaks. Yeah, but it's like all of the people who were like work in the West Wing are also huge nerds. Look at Josh. Different kind of nerd, though. No, but like, talk, talk radio tends to be conservative. No, what about yes. Well, NPR? these guys these guys aren't necessarily political talk radio people. Right. They're like it's just DJs. Talk. Yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is the the audience for AM radio and talk radio is older, more conservative people. Even if even if their actual shows aren't political. No. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Like these people are not the, why the, is the NPR people who so speak popular? to Well, except for NPR, which is I think big among coastal elites. Yeah. Not uh. even that big though. Yeah. One of, one of the guys CJ's talking to is wearing a bolo tie, too. I just wanted to point that yes. out. Yes. <laughs> Not I always like seeing one of those. I guess we just live... Unless I'm he's wearing it ironically. Yeah. And then... In which case, far left. <laughs> I read a fun piece of trivia about this that they asked... There was, like, some sort of controversy... They made up controversy that they brought up about Howard Stern showing up at this event in the show. And CJ... Allison Janney played Howard Stern's boss in the movie private parts about that's his funny. career yeah that was a cute little trivia thing i read and then <laughs> the, Wait, fa- the famous there was a made-up thing was... they made up a like a fake controversy between imus and howard stern who did in this show say is howard showing up today stern i heard he was going to show up if imus was coming and imus wasn't showing up if howard was coming yeah uh... they're like gossiping about them yeah howard stern i see <laughs> got it you with us and then um the bell of the ball shows up jenna jacobs in her bright green outfit cj doesn't know who she is but gets explained like to her and us that she is a famous 
Dr. Jana Jacobs. Ooh, uh, she's a doctor. But we don't yeah. know that she's conservative yet. We don't really know, we anything, don't really know about anything about her. She just uh, draws everybody's attention. Um, yeah. She's obviously modeled on, I think, Dr. Laura Schlesinger, mm-hmm. who was a like uh, similar, super conservative, not doctor, doctor, you know. And uh, I just wanted to read some uh, some books uh, that Dr. Laura has written because they have really funny titles. Love to read books. Surviving a Shark Attack on Land. Overcoming betrayal and dealing with the revenge. That's that's her newest. That's book. the whole. That's title. the title. Yeah. Um, in I praise, I think it's fairly simple to survive a shark attack on land. <laughs> yeah. Run. Yeah. Uh, in praise of stay-at-home moms. Stop whining. Start living. Okay. Never. Bad childhood. You can't. Good make life. Them. How to blossom and thrive in spite of an unhappy childhood. <laughs> How to suffer in your youth, and yet still live. <laughs> the proper care and feeding of a marriage. The proper care and feeding of husbands. <laughs> <laughs> like how to feed your husband. Is this a cookbook? <laughs> uh, it's a bunch of shit like that. It's so dumb. She has the stupidest book titles. Yeah, so she's obviously the, the model for this character. Ooh. Gross. Then CJ uh, introduces the president. I like this. No, she's... no, no, no. That's not here. Yeah. This is where the egg cream scene happens. Braided, oh. the moment you've been waiting for. So oh the president, uh, they show Toby coming it. into the Oval Office, and the president has just discovered the most fantastic thing he's ever drank. Toby, I'm drinking the most fantastic thing I've ever tasted in my life. Chocolate syrup, cold milk, and seltzer. I know it sounds terrible, but trust me, I don't know where this has been all my life. It's a drink that, according to Wikipedia, contains neither eggs nor cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, also, it milk. terrible tasting. Also, no, I like that. No, uh, you're wrong. Also, <laughs> I, I've been wondering where egg creams have been all my life as well, just it's, like the president. It's just like yeah. a, a more carbonated Yoohoo. Well, you more know what, watery, guys? Yum thing. I bought supplies. <gasps> and on air live, we are going to make some egg creams. Oh you God. get an egg cream. <laughs> you get an egg cream. Is this you a get an egg cream. In the over audience? So, uh, <laughs> so let's let's do it, guys. Oh my yeah. God. All right, we're taking a break. Oh my gosh. This is a great idea. This is so great, Eric. Oh my gosh. How boozy are we going to make them? Oh well, yeah, I was going to put a nip in my... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first 10 people who write into us will get... We're going to mail an egg cream to we'll, you. Yeah, we'll send yeah. you an egg and some cream. Yeah. We'll send you the... Like, we'll pour an egg cream into a cardboard box. And Wait a minute, Eric. It. Was that soda maker uh, manufactured in the occupied territories? BDS. <laughs> well, okay. So while Eric is making it, let's talk about, about how, why this scene is so cute, though. It's that... <laughs> liberal anti-Semitic. <laughs> I was. I was just wanted to point out that this is just another example of Jewish influence in the West Wing. And I think that like, that's a, a theme, a strong theme of this episode. And I think that that's really what this egg cream is about. Yeah, this egg cream is, is about, about Jews. Judaism? It is, right? Yeah. Like, do you guys know that Jews love this bad drink? It's not bad. It's, it's bad. I grew up hearing about it. You would go down to the diner and get yourself an egg cream. Yeah. And then I, f- I finally tried one, and I was like, this, this is, this well, is what you know. Do you like you nostalgia for this? You, this is it. Do you like seltzer? I just think in the past things didn't taste that good, so everything was <laughs> no, no, good. No, no, this is what now happened. we have all this sorts of happened. food magic. Well, at one point, some guy in a pharmacy, which is where they had soda fountains and ice cream and crap, weird. In addition to medicine. Some guy accidentally put medicine and carbonated water together, and he made like a what is now a many billions of dollars industry. 
right? So I think after that happened, they made Coca-Cola. Everyone like tried to combine weird stuff in the pharmacy. So this one guy was like, "Ah, it's like chocolate ice cream, hey, some milk, put some, some eggs and cream water. in there. I'll mix it around. Maybe I'll make, I'll get rich." All right, here goes the soda making, guys. Get ready. It's exciting. He's screwing on. He's screwing on the bottle. It's got the water in there, and here goes the button. Okay, it doesn't make a lot of noise. It will. Wow. Yeah. That's how you know yeah, it's ready. Yeah, when it farts at the end, you know it's ready. <laughs> That wasn't me. So I have a fun thing from Wikipedia about the origin of egg cream. I don't I don't know how true this is, but it Not says that one theory for the name of it is that it uses grade A milk, which sounds like a cream, thus grade A sounding like egg nonsense. cream. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like folk etymology. This is grade A milk. This is horizon organic milk, whole milk. There it looks go. like grade D. Oh, it's but then six dollars for a half gallon of milk nowadays. Oh, the times we live in. Those, CPI. Those, mil- those milk taxes are killing <laughs> the me. CPI's been going up way more than 0.07%. Oh, here's He's another. He's pouring the milk, fellas pouring the milk. and ladies. Um, so, like, what's, what's the ratio? Who else, who else is having one? I'm having it. I'm, I'm definitely having one. I'll have one. Right. So as to complain about the bad taste, I might change my mind here, guys. Wait, okay. So another one is that. That the people think egg is a corruption of the Germanish, German, Germanish, German, <laughs> this is Yiddish and German, German word ech, which means genuine or real. Ech? Yeah. Ech means ech. genuine or real? Ech? E-C-H-T, echt. Echt. Wow. You gotta really get that. All right, now he's putting the syrup. The, yeah. Ooh, genuine Hershey syrup. Hershey syrup. Swirl it, Only swirl it. Good swirls. Oh, now he's swirling it again. All right. Don't skimp. Don't skimp. You want a lot, right? Yeah, don't skimp. I think that's like oh, necessary double, to make it good. Double. Like lots of he chocolate. He just did a double goo right. in there. Stirring. The sound you hear is a spoon. Is that dark enough? Oh, this is like a very good Oop. sound. Good. A lot, of, a lot of foley we're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a technical term. Okay, so now we basically have chocolate milk. Yeah. When do you put the egg in? You don't, it's no, <laughs> we just had a long discussion about this, how. All right. Okay, and now we're going seltzer. Seltzer, seltzer. I looked up, you want a uh, a two to one ratio of, of milk, milk to, to seltzer. seltzer. Ooh, good rash. <laughs> it's an Elliot rash. A good, ra- a good roush. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> One more stir. Yeah, final that stir. That seltzer. Yeah, get deep, that. Deep down into that milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds so delicious. Seltz baby baby. So I've had an egg cream before, and I liked it, but let's see. I've never had a homemade one. Like, I've only had them in a restaurant or a diner. I probably had one at, like, a Ruby Tuesdays. But, I, you know, I don't think I've ever had it with, like, $6 milk. So. <laughs> wow. All right. Try Hold it. on, let's wait. We're going to save our yeah, sips. Wants. Yeah, hold on. Just fake it, Elise. Well, Jason, put it over here so I'm, I can I'm, try it. I'm gonna, right I'm after. Gonna get it to Maybe right get, after put a straw. Yeah, Maybe you if you guys I saw a straw. drink with my right hand. Oh, you're on have. my left. Please. Okay. Drink with your left hand. Okay, so we have egg creams in front of us now. Wow. <laughs> this is very exciting. Wow. No They're eggs, kind of by like the way, guys. much lighter than a chocolate milk I don't know if we said this, but no eggs. It looks like a milky latte. All right, here goes a sip. Here we go. Mmm. Mm. Disappointing. It's delicious. 
It's yeah. disappointing. I it's love great. it. It's pretty good. It's no it's offense. Good. It's, it's weird. weird with more like fizz. It's like, do you like chocolate milk? Yeah. How about less of that <laughs> and some bubbles and more? No, but if you fizzy put, water, I think if you overdid it on water. the syrup, the watering down of it would still keep it chocolatey. Yeah, mm. I like it. It's not bad. We're not saying it's bad. It's not the most delicious drink I've ever had. Like, but we like are Resident judging Bartlett. your nostalgia, New York Jews. It, does, it tastes like a fizzy yoo-hoo. Do you know what it is? It's kind of like what the liquid in a float tastes like when you're done with the ice cream. Just like the top fuzz? Or like when you it's finish like the, the ice cream. It's like the top fuzz. The flavorless fuzz at the top? It's like when the soda, when the root beer has like the melted vanilla ice cream in it. Mm-mm. Oh, I just had a good chocolate taste. Yeah. Do you want more chocolate? Maybe Is that what's more missing? chocolate. All right. I'll, I'll get our spoon Because it tastes like it's good, but it's like a little weak sauce on the chocolate. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I put a lot in. Weak sauce okay. on the chocolate sauce. Weak chocolate Double sauce. Down. This is the most wholesome thing we've ever done on this podcast. Don't ruin it, Brady. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> You're innuendo. That's enough. I'll give you a hot tip. I don't think it is. <laughs> you don't think this is the most wholesome thing we've ever done? No, I don't think that was enough chocolate oh, oh. for Brayden. <laughs> but we'll see. Oh now God. I'm stirring. Here, wait. Make now sure, I'm stirring. Brayden, make sure you stir it very close to the electronics. <laughs> now I'm stirring. Oh, my glass is a, has a Fonzie bear. Fozzie. Fozzie. Fozzie Bear. Foz- it's not Fuzzy Bear. It's Fozzie Bear. No, Fozzie? Know. Not Fonzie? Fozzie, not Fonzie. This is literally a thing from the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is. So we had to correct the guy on Fozzie Bear. <laughs> you should know this. You've corrupted me, the West Wing. Mmm. <laughs> That's chocolatier. Is it better? It is, yes. Oh, it's better when there's more chocolate. More chocolate yeah. is always better. All right. How, yeah. So Come don't on. skimp on the chocolate. Do not Pro skimp, tip. fellas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So would you order this? Never. I have. No. Okay. I but, mean, I did, and I regretted it. But I think that when... I bet you, like, we're going to get someone writing and tell me this is wrong. But when I've had Ooh, it in a diner, they use, like... They don't just squirt soda in it. They use the milkshake mixer thing to blend it all together so it gets, like, really foamy. Yeah. Okay. So that it's uh, but, like a texture thing. Imagine too. a world before they introduced the famed Rush beverage. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is what you'd be forced to drink. <laughs> so uh, this drink that the president likes so much, Toby claims credit on behalf of Brooklyn. Mr. President, we invented it in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn? Yes, sir. Not New England. There are some good things in this world. Not from New England, sir. Toby, don't ever let me hear you say that again. Are we not New England here in New York? No. No. I thought we were New Englandy. Because I, you know, I think we're I think we're mid Atlantic. Really? We feel very Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just we weren't the original We're not colonies. colonies. We were Dutch. Ah, uh, fucking Dutch. We New Amsterdam. Purchased. Mm-hmm. So Toby see. has a reason for being in I get it. the office. He he wants to ask the president for some time off to process his feelings. And the president says, take 15 minutes and then buck up, basically. <laughs> he says, time to get off the mat, Toby. Yeah. That's a sports reference. Yeah, that's a sports It's kind thing, of insensitive, guys. though, right? Like, aren't you supposed to take... But they're claims of like I'm having off. psychological trauma. Like I need right. to like, and HR. he's like, he's like, get over it, man. Come on, yeah. quit being such a puss. Is it? <laughs> is he just reading e. into the uh, 
Does your mother know that you hate pussies? No, she knows. <laughs> I tell her. I think he maybe just knows Toby well enough to know that's what Toby needs to hear. So if somebody else that was actually having more legitimate problems or something, or I don't know, not to delegitimize Toby's problems, but maybe that's just the way the president thinks the best way for Toby to get over it is, is to just kind of get slapped a little. Guys, this egg cream is really good now. But oh, he, yeah? he doesn't just Double say... chocolate. Order double chocolate when you get it. <laughs> he doesn't just say to buck up. He goes through a whole thing because Toby's like, I don't understand why right. this is... Why, I've seen shootings. Why is this so bad? And he's like, no, it was a lynching. Like, that was not a shooting. Was it a lynching? I mean, in so many ways, yeah. In what ways? They were going after Charlie. It was race. Were they? Isn't and a lynching where like a public spectacle, everyone gets together and watches you hang the guy? And... I mean, that's well, they were trying to, to like do. publicly execute the black guy in front of everybody. They were yeah. hitting it for Charlie. Yeah. And... Well, they didn't hit him. No. And then the president shows him some satellite photos of the West Virginia White Pride headquarters. It's a, a diner. Every night for the last twelve weeks. I picked up the phone and called the attorney general, fully prepared to say two words, take them. Then I hang up the phone because I know it'll be better tomorrow and better the day after that. They should. <laughs> it seems like yeah, they should. Yeah, they should. It's at least like those, it seems like enough to research to like go get evidence, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. You could get a search warrant based off just, of that amount just, of. Here's the thing, right? It's is a, this pre or post Waco? Post. For yeah. sure, yeah, yeah. This is—it's a fine line between people who talk shit, where regardless of how heinous their talk is, it's protected by the First Amendment, and then people who decide after talking a bunch of shit to do something. And you know, even in criminal law, when you talk about conspiracy, right? So you can sit around in a room and talk about the idea of doing some crime, and then if one person in that room actually takes an act in furtherance of the crime, suddenly you're a conspirator. But you didn't actually do it. You were. You could be like, I was just talking. I just mm-hmm. thought it was empty talk. So there's this, this, this kind of gray area between being heinous in your words and being heinous in your acts. But there's like when when a country does like something really bad and ostracizes like a huge group of people. Like in Germany, it is illegal to say anti-Semitic things because of their history. Yeah, that's not that would be. But they don't have a First Amendment. That would be a violation of the First Amendment right. here for sure. So like, only America has that. Maybe it. That's yeah. It's like a radical idea, I guess. But no. But see, the the reason why it's sort of bad talk breeds more hate. But that the, the thing is, make banning speech doesn't change the ideas. So now you have people that will, in secret, get together and say anti-Semitic things in Germany, right? And they just won't say them publicly, and it'll fester behind closed doors. It's better to have people out themselves for what they believe in so that you can fight, you can fight them. You can try to convince them otherwise. You, like, you, can't, you can't think this thing. Like, it's really bad, and no one's going to support right, you. you. Can, but I think that a lot of the social change that's happened for the better in the last you know, 20 years in this country or longer comes from having this public discussion and where slowly but surely the pendulum swings where people, people judge you. It's not, it's not socially acceptable to, to espouse views that you used to be able to espouse them. But it sort of is now again. Yeah. But but it's not not like now it, now it, now it kind of is again, all of a sudden, 
It's not condemned enough by our government I, that people think, who are saying I think it we're in think a bubble. they're alone. Yeah, we are in a bubble here on the East Coast. I, I think we're in a bubble. I don't think Drinking people... Drinking our egg creams. I Guys, I take back everything I said about the egg creams. You finished yours. I'll, almost. You just got to get extra chocolate, guys. Like, I would never say no to this drink. It's delicious. Anyways, what were we talking about? Um, <laughs> racism. Racism. No, um, racism. racism. I mean, I guess the argument for that's always like, but then what's the next guy going to come in? You can't make a rap about the founding fathers yeah it's it's there's no it's a slippery slope even though slippery slope arguments are kind of not you know the strongest logical arguments but yeah it's we end up fighting about what we're allowed to say instead of fighting about the actual subject matter and that let's just have the fight about the actual subject matter i feel like the fear is that if you go like if you start in a place that seems like radical against like a you know a bunch of people who are doing something bad. There's a fear that they'll, like, and if Republicans are in power, someone else is in power, they can use it against like good people, like the same logic, right? Yeah, totally. But and that's what if that's you what get Sam rid says. of all the bad people, then the problem is you can't. Won't they won't be, be any more bad people. Yeah. That's the thing. You can't get rid of all the bad people, right? Like, you can't. There's so many bad people, and, 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 there's, and there's just like millions and millions. At a of bad certain people. point, what you have to do in order to get all the bad people is so bad. That it makes people think you're the bad people. Right. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> they, they set up a, a Can little... Can talk about egg creams again? <laughs> they set That's up exactly one more little thing with Toby... Um, the crab cake. Crab he says, cups. how did you... Uh, this guy, Elliot Roush, how did you beat him in your first race? And he's like, I don't remember. So they're setting that up for later. And Sam stops in. Apparently he yelled at him about the Bible. Apparently, as we find out later, um, Sam comes in, says, I wrote some stuff for you to say at this party and you should have some crab puffs because they're going fast. This really breaks the tension of the scene. This moment about crab puffs, right. New England crab puffs, by the way, made in New England. Actually, it's Alaskan crab. Sam, there's Alaskan crab in this White House. He would have known the difference. Have you tried them? I yes, reluctantly. I think it was clear in the way that I ate the crab puffs that it was just for protest. I liked when Toby uh, Toby says he would have known the difference. <laughs> you, you can't lie to him. Yeah, so then they all go to the party. CJ's in another boring conversation. I call myself Gary with a G. How else would you spell Gary? No other way. I'm saying that's what I call myself. Gary with a G talking to you on K-A-D-R-A-M. Gary with a G <laughs> coming at you. I'm saying these are the worst people in the world. CJ introduces the president. President comes in, makes a couple like ballot stuffing jokes at the beginning to Again, lighten the tension. Joking about voter yeah. fraud. It's a very serious issue. Are these the remarks that Sam prepared that he <laughs> skimmed on the way over? I think they are. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, the president starts his speech and he keeps getting distracted by Dr. Jenna. He has a little stroke, it looks like. Because she, she's uh, the one person that's standing up in the room as part of it, probably. Sign of disrespect. I don't know if this is like a weird callback or something, but she has like a, a brooch on. Is that the word? Yeah, brooch? Sure. Yeah, brooch. Brooch. It's yeah. Spelled like, brooch. It's, yeah. a, it's a little crab. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Little, little diamond you crab. England? That's the, the thing that links everything together <laughs> yeah. in this episode is crab. Yeah. <laughs> he starts going off on Dr. Jenna. I'm asking because on your show, people call in for advice and you go by the name Dr. Jacobs on your show and... I didn't know if maybe your listeners were confused by that and assumed you had advanced 
training in psychology, theology, or healthcare. I don't believe they are confused, no, sir. Good. I like how you call homosexuality an abomination. I don't say homosexuality is an abomination, Mr. President. The Bible does. Yes, it does. Leviticus. 18.22. Chapter and verse. And then the president kind of like Keith Olbermans her. <laughs> he Keith Olbermans the fuck out of her. Yeah, he says a bunch of those examples of like old-timey laws that are no longer applicable in modern society. And are in fact grotesquely illegal. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions while I had you here. I'm interested in selling my youngest daughter into slavery, as sanctioned in Exodus 21-7. My chief of staff, Leo McGarry, insists on working on the Sabbath. Exodus 35-2 clearly says he should be put to death. Does the whole town really have to be together to stone my brother John for planting different crops side by side? Can I burn my mother in a small family gathering for wearing garments made from two different threads? So apparently this is almost verbatim um, a, what are those emails that used to be sent around, like a chain email that someone wrote to Dr. Laura, and this is like almost exactly the same thing. Yeah. The original viral content. Yes. A chain email that was being passed around. Forward, forward, forward. And it was like all the same points he's making, like, you know about selling uh zoe into slavery he does he mentions and... uh here that zoe speaks fluent italian yeah she's fancy. an odd choice i really thought choice. zoe would speak french more than yeah, anything it does seem like but it. she was oh you know why she was practicing french in a cafeteria scene at georgetown so did Sam write this part of the speech, too? <laughs> I don't think so. No, this is a chain so. forward. You right. heard? Okay. Come on. He finishes by saying this. Well, you may be mistaking this for your monthly meeting of the ignorant, tight-ass club. In this building, when the president stands, nobody sits. They're, they, like, exchange eyes at each other. <laughs> There's, like, these close-ups of both of them, like, flexing their eyes a little bit. Yeah. And she finally mm. stands up. Um, with her with her crab puffs in hand, and then Sam takes a crab puff off her plate. Yeah. at the end of the scene, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take this. Yeah, is what, uh, and then cut in. Mm-hmm. Then the president says at the end of his monologue, "Toby, that's how I beat him." Which for everybody else in that room must have been so confusing. Why yeah. did you beat a man? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with Bible verse. And then the president walks out of the room, so he doesn't even like finish his remarks. All he did was just come in there and yell at this lady and then leave. Yeah, so I think this is kind of the origin story of like the yeah, like I said, the Keith Olbermann, John Oliver destroys monologue. Mm-hmm. That's yes. going to be a viral video the next day. President so, destroys Dr. Jenna. I guess the way that he beat him was by pointing out that he was a hypocrite right that's that's sure. what he does he's like by, you're a hypocrite you you by being bartlett right but right by going full bartlett but what i what i'm saying is what i think is so tragic about that that punchline and that concept in our new political context <clears throat> is we've now proven that hypocrisy is Works. not does it just doesn't disqualify you at all you can't win anymore by pointing out that someone's a hypocrite because everybody's a hypocrite. Because yeah. I read it on some random website. Well, be- and because you have to have a certain clarity of thought and and ability to kind of like question yourself and kind of be humble about your own ideas to recognize when someone's being a hypocrite from when you're their supporter. 
right? It's it's easy to preach to the choir and go, that guy's a hypocrite. And you're like, yeah, of course, hypocrite, fine. But when you support someone and then someone on the other side points out how their ideas are hypocritical, you have to really kind of think about that. And I think we that's just not something that people are willing to do anymore. There's also a tendency nowadays to associate evolving views, to steal Obama's phrase on that, with hypocrisy. Or weakness. Sure. But I mean, but specifically, like, like Hillary being for certain, like her husband's welfare reform stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, that, that was 20 years ago. I don't think like that anymore. It's like, oh, but you're a hypocrite because you, like, at the time supported something and now you've, like, moved your position on that over time right incrementally which is like what you would expect somebody to do well, yeah, in that's public interesting life. it's like does does time change how devastating a critique hypocrisy is it's like yeah definitely you if you're simultaneously entertaining conflicting views then you're obviously a hypocrite but if it's something that people are comparing to something you said 20 years ago yeah it's probably but not you can so just strong th- an attack. show two clips back to back and right. an ad, and it's like hypocrite, hypocrite. Oh, I so guess they both are. Because we got desensitized Whatever. to the critique of hypocrisy. Well, it's so it's such an easy thing to point out. Like you can find examples of anybody doing that. Nobody's had a very consistent worldview of their entire lives. I mean, Bernie, maybe I don't know. Did that like <laughs> did that enter the political discussion on the presidential level with the whole flip flop John Kerry thing? I think that's been I a thing for a long time. But that was a big. Thing. I mean, that's that was a huge version of that for sure. What they were he holding even a flip flop on. He vo- he was for the, the eighty-seven v- billion before he was against oh. it. The eighty-seven billion for the troops, man. Oh, he wanted he was, like he a was, surge. He was then... on he was on an appropriations committee, and they were like, "Okay, we need to fund the war for another three months." He passed it through committee, and then they changed it after the fact, or and something. He voted like, it down. Then he voted that. The, for the, he voted against the actual bill. That's it. <laughs> so so then he said, and oh famously God. he said, "Listen, so I voted for the eighty-seven billion before I voted against it." And it's just like that one sentence is oh, like that's terrible. hypocrisy yeah, in a stupid. sentence, and it was an ad. So when you own up to your hypocrisy, it's worse Never than when admit. people call you out on Never it. Never admit anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that scene just made me sad. Yeah. <laughs> But I do have to say, like, it was nice to see this, like, ideal of a president who has religious values, but only, like, the good parts, yeah. you know? And he throws away all of the, like, bad, outdated stuff, which I don't think that exists in politics anywhere. It's like, if you're religious, you're, like, an extremist or you're kind of an atheist and lying about being religious to get votes. I, I also think in this scene, like, this is probably the most famous scene from this entire show, I think, in a mm. lot of ways. Like, this, people know this scene, I think. it's Because it went viral. Something <laughs> like that, yeah. Um, and people are all like, yeah, this is, you know, I wish the president was like this. But they just spent a whole episode talking about how the president shouldn't do personal and insulting uh, right. meddling with things that are below the stature of the office. Yeah, so, it like, seems petty. Yeah, well, it seems bullying. To, like, go after the member, a uh, specific member of the media, again, She's not even get a political used to figure. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a, she has a political talk show. That's a political... You know, okay, she's, yeah, she's, I mean, she's a, not, like, a... Poli- she's not an elected official. No, but, she's yeah, a she's a talk radio person. She's just advocating for some position. It conflicts with the message of this... This particular episode, even yes. about how the president should stay above everything, and then it's like, oh yeah, look at her, like given that, like you know, comparatively small time person, like the business. Yeah, but look, it, he gave her the business, and then I think, like the conclusion of this episode is, after all the work they put in, nothing changed. 
Or that, not there yet. No, right. But I mean, like, well, I, I nothing also, flipped. No, no house seats changed. Like, they put in all this work. Like, this doesn't work. This smug style. Yeah. Well, before well before we get to the, I, the I, I think the change. John Oliver thing is the same way. Like, oh, look how many like hits John Oliver's like Donald Trump bullshit got. Like, how could Trump win after that? He he got annihilated. Right. I mean, we <laughs> were all very convinced that these were very effective arguments, but America was unconvinced. Well, I don't know if I don't know if those kinds of preaching to the choir arguments. I I don't think they were going to change anyone's mind. I don't think watching John John Oliver is going to be like. Oh, I was supporting Trump, but now I'm not anymore. But maybe it convinced us that it was in the bag. I don't know. I think because I look think how was, laughable these people I think are. We look just how thought... hypocritical and stupid. Look at this ass. How, nobody's going to vote for this ass because it's insane. We can't imagine that people. After you know, we could see how crazy this man is. Well, I think that we thought maybe the 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 conventions of decorum, despite the fact that I think matter. we all have have some disdain for those concepts he definitely went leaps and bounds forward in the slow erosion of those rules of decorum and we thought he'd be punished for that that he was he was going too far too quickly in one election cycle and he just tore them all down i mean the fact that you you sidle down an an escalator to announce your candidacy and then call the majority of mexican illegal immigrants rapists and murderers without any support for that right I mean, and then everything with the misogyny and just how how much such of a, a buffoon he was, and so uh, uncharming and ungraceful in his political terrible completely, persona, completely terrible. But people didn't. That wasn't even. Not only was it not disqualifying, it was attractive. To well, they made the entire. That was the message of the Clinton campaign. Was like, here's these five bad things he said. Every yeah. single ad just played those clips, and like, oh, look at your grandma listening to it. Look at your kids listening to it. Do yeah. you want that? And, and people then, don't care. Well, people, people just don't care. A, a certain I don't number know. of people are are going to care, but there's also the exact same things with Hillary Clinton. Right. Look at all That's the bad the stuff problem. she's done. Oh, right. I guess I'm just and picking Bill a Clinton. Sport. I mean, I, I remember do I want to be a Buffalo Bills fan or do I want to be a San Diego Chargers fan? Whatever, don't it's all the that. same. Don't understand. It's, it's it, sports? Becomes, <laughs> it becomes personality. It's you're picking a team on a personality contest. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I like the brash guy that's funny and not the like cold calculating lady. I think that there's just a bunch of small communities in this country that are desperate for help for something. And Hillary is like an establishment candidate. And everyone was just like, okay, like, let's hope this guy will do something different. Well, she, she made her, but- her campaign the main theme of her campaign I'm going to save you from the embarrassment of having Donald Trump as your president. Rather than I'm going to save you from unemployment, like the degradation of your of the economy of your town and, and state. I don't know. She had all these plans. But that wasn't what was put they, front. They didn't make ads about they, those. They didn't, they like, didn't hammer that home. They hammered home, at least I'm not Donald Trump. He got him over me. Whereas his message, regardless me. of how totally free of substance it was, was I'm going to bring the jobs back. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. Of course, it was all bullshit. He didn't say how he was going to do it. And he can't really do it. He's not going to do it. He doesn't even care about doing it. But at least he paid lip service to fixing people's problems, whereas Hillary Clinton kind of put all that to the wayside in favor of just running against Trump. Yeah. Yeah, so to tie it back to the episode, I think these, like, moral takedown things are not effective. Yeah. And this it, this might be, like, the start of that culture. <laughs> like, yes. this particular scene in this particular episode, I think, kind of kicked off a million hot takes on... And- I, I noticed, various places. I've never felt this way about this scene. I always was like, yeah, the end of the scene mm-hmm. whenever I'd watch it, right? And this time, I was like, 
no, no, not only did it not make me feel that way, but I don't think it was intended to because they wrap this otherwise sort of like intellectually satisfying hypocrisy call on you him pulling rank. He like pulls rank on her. It's not just yeah, like, like stand has, up when I yeah, stand up. Yeah, he's like stand up and he can't even give his remarks because he's so distracted by how disrespectful this seated woman is being to him. And it's like that isn't that isn't the way they usually portray Bartlett when he's scoring points against people in a likable way. You he would have just gone up to her and had this conversation where he's like, "Don't you realize how hypocritical you're being?" Instead, he pulls this like, "How dare you be disrespectful to me in this building thing?" And that's so unlikable. I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I liked it the well, first time. But where the targets? Where, it's, yeah, where it's, the targets? It's satisfying, like. but I, I think modern cult politics has like associated that with being like an effective campaigning strategy, and I really don't think it is. Yeah, you can't change minds that way at all. Maybe I think you can definitely change minds, but I think you need to you need to make people feel like your goal in convincing them of something isn't so that you get to be right and they get to be wrong has to be something more important than that yeah so anyways back to the episode <laughs> we got on a tangent there um there's charlie and the macintoshes they have one more quick little check-in the kids playing on the computer or something and charlie's chit-chatting about animal crackers um the guy comes in um charlie starts talking about his mom the police officer this is where the guy's like oh yeah your mom's dead right and makes charlie feel bad um tells him that he got the president almost killed yeah he has like a line that uh kind of encourages him you know what i think she'd say if she was here right now what same thing my father would say if they're shooting at you you know you're doing something right yeah in the end he turns out to to say that encouraging thing but i thought entirely before that he's kind of a jerk so the the scene right after he delivers that encouraging line where they show charlie's reaction is kind of like a I, 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 I'm trying to imagine how the director of this episode sold this idea. It was like, okay, he's going to tell him this heartening, kind of encouraging, but also real line. And then we're going to just hold camera on Charlie while lighting does fake lightning. <laughs> and yeah. he's going to say, yeah, four times, but over like a 30 second period. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna work it's gonna work yeah. and you know what it actually does work yeah. there's a couple of those fake yeah. lightning things yeah. sam gets a fake lightning yeah. when he has to yeah. tell off the couple yeah. or tell them like sorry we abandoned you and like as they're like storming out there's like this big crashing lightning mm -hmm. behind him yeah um after that charlie goes outside makes up with zoe they're gonna go on a voting date Real, real sexy. So cute. Or Leo comes out there on like the portico and says he's looking for the president. Is anything wrong? No, no. I um, I think he may have done a couple of numbers at the talk radio reception. Okay. Zoe and I are going out. I'll be on my pager. You're going out? Yeah. Charlie, you're taking extra protection, right? Hey, Leo, I... Secret service protection, Charlie, but thanks for loading me up with that image. They make a joke about condoms. Just that was well sneak, acted. Sneak it in there. <laughs> so Charlie's got some sense talked into him by the Macintosh guy and everything's better. Um, then they have a stoop party at Josh's house. We sit here, we drink this beer. Uh, stoop life. Five people outside drinking some beers. 
Josh is in his pajamas that CJ got him, which are way too big. Uh, they get a couple laughs out of that. All this time I've been working with you, did you also think I was playing power forward for the Cleveland Cavaliers? I think they look good on you. Sam goes over the final election results. Um, he kind of confused me in the way he described it. He's like, 12 races, and none of them did the incumbent win. And none of them did the party that previously held the seat win. You know how it went? 7-5. 12 races, the, none of them did the incumbent win, but like every house race is up every year. So I guess he's saying 12 seats changed. Yeah, well, he, what he means is every single race flipped. But because no, but he says he says seven Democrats, five Republicans. So he doesn't say even numbers, <laughs> which is confusing. Oh yeah, that is weird. So I think that maybe the House just stayed in the same party, maybe they were, and there uh, might have been a one or two seats. Maybe it was switch. one part, like no challenger. Just that could like have been party. it too. Yeah, maybe or was like an independent there before or something. I don't know. Anyways, that confused me a little bit. And then Toby um, initiates a round of uh, "God Bless America" because isn't it great that a country. Uh, protects its citizens or i don't know he's well, coming around josh, on the fbi josh thing. stings him josh hits him with a line he can't say no to well, Toby, it's election night what do you say about a government that goes out of its way to protect even citizens that try to destroy it god bless america god bless america god bless america god bless america um, because in the end, it doesn't matter who wins elections because nothing matters. Because nothing mm. matters, folks. Remember that. Nothing, nothing matters. matters. And that's the end of the episode. Okay. Don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Although, do get an egg cream. Yeah. Get, get well, some, those matter. Get an extra yeah. chocolate. Um, so Real then nice. the credits, it's the president, um, with his crazy floor of newspaper clippings about Elliot Roush and polling data <laughs> in, his, in his bedroom, which is a pretty funny one. Uh, okay, so headlines? I just want to fast forward right now to four years in the future where we've been regularly drinking a nightly egg cream and we're like 300 pounds higher. <laughs> <laughs> we made it, guys. This is the beginning of our road to obesity, egg creams. How about a Christian egg creamist at White House? Cream. Egg creamists. Egg like, creamist. Like an egg. Oh, okay. Ice <laughs> I cream got, for egg yeah. cream. Like an egg. I guess it would be like Jewish egg creamists. <laughs> yeah, you're okay, right. Okay, I got a doctor. Dr. Jenna got served. Prin. Delicious crab puffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had one. Dr. Jenna jerk ups. Jenna Jacobs. Oh, I get it. Like, I you, forgot her name. Yeah, Jenna Jacobs. She's not real. Um, I, I, I called him Gary with a V. <laughs> <laughs> this is mean. Um, I have Elliot Rauschist, who's playing a racist. Okay, sure. Uh, wow. But have you heard that guy? Mm. Uh, John Oliver did a thing about him. Is Glenn... Um, we don't like John Oliver. Right. <laughs> Glenn Grothman, he says racist. No, I didn't see He's that. Like, and his racism. Yeah, he's super racist. Yeah. It's like a he's a congressman and he says that racist. Anyway, I, oh. I slim slim Republican majority votes for articles of impeachment for murder of Elliot Roush. <laughs> I have Pendleton Act leads to presidential pillow talk. <laughs> That's right. <very good. laughs> 
Um, I had one about Josh's uh, pajamas being too big. <laughs> it's, uh, long Josh's, like long Johns. I That's don't know. Cute. I like that one. Any anybody else? Got um, one? I have, um, like it would be like a quote from the president, and it was crap puffs instead of crab puffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just uh, the classic, nothing matters. Yep. Yeah. Well, LOL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing matters. Okay, uh, closing thoughts. Well, this one's going long. So I did think this was a great episode. I don't know if it's just uh, the current political climate, but I thought it was like needed. I said, it was it was great to watch right now, and I think uh, I think it nailed it. Yeah, uh, just the futility. I'm giving an A on this one. Really? Well, I guess the fut- the futility argument, but it's kind of like I don't like episodes of TV shows where it's like, oh, look how sad all of our people are, and we're just gonna have everybody moping around screen for 40 minutes, and that's kind of what this one is. And they also do a lot of um, lantern hanging in this episode for really stupid things. Like, oh, like the apple, just so that when the guy comes in later, he can, like, you remember the name. And it's like, why did you have to set up that, like, the IT guy was going to be here? Or the thing about, like, how did you beat him? They want want you to know whose kid that is, I think. Right. Right away. Sure. I don't know why. Right, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, The thing about, like, how did you beat him is just, like, an obvious setup so that he can say that line later. There's a there's a bunch of just little like setup things for nothing that like are attempts attempts to be kind of clever like structurally but they don't actually have any like poignancy or relevancy to the plot. They're just out of the way setups for jokes that don't really land. <laughs> yeah, I think they're trying to get their groove back after the three-part sh- you know shooting episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are a lot of parts that were just like little, very subtle character developments and and little background things, and I I like that about it. I don't know. I like. I thought this was a really good one, just because it felt like um, we're getting back into the swing of things, and I kind of didn't have a problem that everyone was like sad. I thought it was a good transition episode from the other one and it was like everyone was characteristically sad like toby was like super aggressive and trying to like fix the problem and cj is just like trying to get everyone on the same page yeah, it's, it's nice to see like a cj in control episode yeah, yeah. yeah. they're always good cj is killing it this she was the boss yeah. the sea and, and the president each. was great this episode too like in a charming like very personable way and at least they kept it to one episode like because this this is what a four month long episode which they've never really done in this show yeah, before, I don't think. True, yeah. So they could have very easily drawn out an entire season of like the staff getting over PTSD, which would have been super boring. Um, but well, they put it all in one episode, and you kind of get to see the arc of that. So maybe, maybe not say, so I'm, bad. I'm looking forward to like the therapy of of watching our country's first Hispanic president in time. Spoilers! Spoilers, man. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Bartlett. Is he Hispanic? Oh, L. Yeah. L. Bartlett. Yeah. What are you talking about? No, he's not. Martin Sheen is actually Ramon he's... Estevez. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. He's like part. And he's Get half it? from Spain. Extremists. Yeah. Well, his father he was born in Ohio. <laughs> Want to explain that one more time? Extremist, like an extremist. Yeah. <sighs> See, radical I think Islamic. this is. This is a good episode of The West Wing, but I was kind of in a sour mood for it. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, um, since the world is different now, I think we're going to see more and more about how things that we thought were like political winners are actually not so much yeah. the way we think they are. But the, I think The West Wing is what 
we need right now to just have it live in an idealistic world for forty five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it just makes the um, even as we were watching it, it seemed so spot on to today. Yeah. In a way that I don't think it's going to seem like that anymore. Oh, we it's missed gonna... we missed that line, which where where CJ's CJ. talking to the to Bartlett and he's frustrated, and she goes, "Then that's the way it is." And in a democracy, oftentimes other people win. Sometimes the other people win elections. Yeah, and I was like, you know, that would have been like a negligible line two weeks ago. Right. Yeah. All right. So nothing matters anymore, and this okay. has been watching talk. Yeah. Tune in next week. <laughs> we love you. No, come back. We'll cheer you up. It'll yeah, be great. I'll be, I'll be in a better mood next week. Guys. Yeah. We'll all wallow together. All right. That's it. Drink your egg creams. <laughs>